You are listening to Resolution, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning, church. It is great to be with you in this second installment of our new series, Resolution. In this series, again, we are going to put some of the most popular New Year's resolutions under the lens. We're going to explore what it looks like to have these resolutions, to be resolute. But also, regarding our solution, we're going to take time to look and see where God is leading us in 2017. Uh, Is there a new solution God will offer each of us as we grow together this year? I hope so. I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app on your smartphones to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. That's today's scripture that we are encountering and praying will encounter us. Let's look at it together. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd like to invite you to join me as I sound old this morning. (laughs) Things aren't like they were when I was a kid. Kids today, I'm just going to come out and say it. What happened to the respect, right? Respect your parents. Um, What about respect for teachers or just grown-ups in general? In fact, while we're at it, what happened to being considerate of others that are even your own age, those that are known as your friends, What happened? Kids today. Because I look around and I just don't get it. This is not the world that I knew. It's not even the make the world a better place that we've strived for, worked toward. Parents, am I alone? Kids today. They just seem so inconsiderate and it wears you out. It's it's tiring. It's trying. It's challenging. And I don't know about you, but I don't consider it a gift. I know our scripture today, uh, Brother James says, Consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. I don't even consider it a sheer gift when those challenges are coming at me, not from all sides, but from my children, my loves, this flesh of my flesh, you know? If I don't consider these trials, tests, and challenges to be a gift, how can I ever hope to live into the type of Christian that others would see and say, I want what they have, right? How? Let's look at this instruction once again. Let's invite it to spend some time with us this morning. James says, consider it a sheer gift, friends. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. For us to consider it a sheer gift, I think it is safe to say most of us are going to have to reconsider a few things. I've titled today's message, Reconsider. The first thing I want us to reconsider is this, should it be easy? 
Should it be easy? We are constantly looking for something easy, aren't we? I mean, we're told our whole lives that life is not easy. That life is hard work. And if you want to excel in life, you need to do it with blood, sweat, and tears. So I went out and I bought that album. But, but we're still looking for the easy life, many of us. Even though we're told life is not easy, we're looking for the easy life. And this desire for the easy life actually sets us up for quite a fall, emotionally speaking. We're looking for the easy in a world full of work. There's a quote that I heard while watching a TV show with my wife the other day. It, it went like this. God sometimes takes us into troubled waters, not to drown us, but to cleanse us. And that quote, no one knows who said it. It's anonymous. But Isaiah 43, 2 says it this way. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So reconsider this. Should it be easy? Or is it in the challenge, in the trial, that you grow and discover the gift you have been given? God is not drowning us. God is cleansing us. Perhaps there are some things that we need to reconsider so that we may consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at us from all sides. So reconsider this. Should it be pain-free? Should it be pain-free? You hear this saying all the time, that was painless. Should it be pain-free? I agree there is suffering all over the world that doesn't need to take place. I'm not saying God causes these sufferings to take place. I don't believe that. And I'm not saying that God causes these sufferings to continue. I don't believe that. But I'm instead saying that pain does come. We do experience it in varying levels. And while I'm not saying God causes this pain, I am saying, just as Isaiah pointed out, that we are not alone. We will not be drowned. We will not be burned. And at the very least, the, the flames will not set us ablaze. We won't be burned up. God is not a God who's probably just going to take your pain away. Snap of the fingers. Poof. Gone. God may do that, but maybe not. So prepare yourself. Remember, Jesus Christ cried out, if there's a way to take this cup away, but the cup wasn't taken away. Jesus Christ needed to endure the pain, yes, even death on a cross. God is not necessarily going to just take away your pain, but the beauty of our God is that even if God doesn't bury your pain, God helps you bear your pain. God helps you bear it. You're not alone. So I ask again, should life be pain-free? In light of all of this knowledge of our God who helps us to bear our pain, our God who suffered death on a cross, should our life be pain-free? Shouldn't we be able to praise God even in the pain? I think there are quite a few things for us to reconsider 
2017? How about this? Should it bring reward? Should it bring reward? Let's reconsider this. I mean, to reconsider this takes us all the way back to the way we were raised. If you're like me, when you were little, when you were little, little, you were taught if you do this, you get this. This is your reward. Let's be honest. That's a very helpful tool in raising children. Reward. I was raised this way. I've implemented this line of teaching in raising my own kids to an extent. I'm not a purist, but I reward my kids, right? Most parents do. And perhaps in the early years, there was a time and a place for this, this reward system, where the child is focused on the reward. The problem is when you grow up without growing beyond this reward system, when you grow up without growing beyond. If we take a moment to reconsider this line of thought, this line of teaching, if we let the years of influence that have that, that has influenced us in our lives, let it just unravel and fall away, we might find that what we have thought was natural ever since we were young isn't so natural after all. Jesus Christ taught a lot of unnatural stuff. The things he said, like whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. That's unnatural. Um, what about, so the last will be first and the first will be last? Jesus said a lot of things that went against what people were raised to think. Jesus said a lot of things that made people reconsider everything. And Jesus casually presented a story once. Perhaps you've heard it. I know I know you have, actually, at least those of you who were here for, for our um, Pear Apples series. Jesus presented a story about two brothers. One who stayed at home working for his dad. The other who asked for his inheritance before his dad even died. And the dad agreed. He agreed. He went out. Uh, the, the boy went out and he blew his inheritance. Then he had the audacity to return home. And his dad took him back. What? His dad took him back through a party. You can't believe how unnatural this story was to the people Jesus was speaking to. This is unnatural to us today. The dad gave the kid his inheritance then took him back. We weren't raised this way. No, we're like the other brother, right? You stay at home. You, you work and you work and then you work some more. You show loyalty. You don't ask for anything. And then you get your inheritance. You, you earn it. Jesus taught against this earning. What Jesus taught couldn't be bought. That's why he gave it away to anyone who would listen. It couldn't be bought. It was the old, the wise, the venerable men, those who knew the inner workings of all the religious ways. No, it wasn't them. It was the children. The kingdom of heaven is for such as these. You see, the reward is already given. And this is an unnatural teaching. It seems backwards at times. It makes the listener reconsider everything. Your reward isn't so much a reward as it is a gift.
Consider it a sheer gift, friends. Back to our scripture. I pray that in 2017 that we see the gift God has given. The gifts God has given. Not because we earned them. It's not what we've done. It's not what we've done. It's what God has done. Right? The difference between gift and reward. This is why the story of the two brothers seems so backwards to so many people. Because God works in gift. God works in gift. That's his long suit. There, there were times where rewards come into play, but God's gift is what we celebrate. This levels the playing field. We all get the same love, regardless of if we stayed at home. Worked and worked and worked. Regardless of if we went and spent all of our inheritance. You see, our inheritance is greater than any reward. Consider it a sheer gift, my friends. Our inheritance is more than what can be bought, what can be traded, what can be sought or raided, invested or wasted in this world. So, should this life bring us reward? Think about that. The last thing I want to talk about today is, should I take offense? Should I be offended? Should I take offense? We take things personally a lot, don't we? Especially in the church, we take things personally. If, I, if I'm serving and someone talks bad about the church, I get offended, then I get defensive, then I quit serving because they hurt my feelings. You know, people, let me tell you, people will always talk bad about the best thing you can possibly imagine. They'll talk bad about it. They would talk bad about it whether it was you or someone else. This isn't directed at you. Haters gotta hate, right? Don't get all bent out of shape about it. In the church, people will talk bad about what is taking place before they'll ever say anything good about it. It's going to happen. It'll happen to you. Don't get all bent out of shape about it when it does. They're not attacking you. They are attacking Jesus at work. Haters got to hate. They're attacking Jesus. This is nothing new. This attacking Jesus, it began the moment he started talking about a different way. They put him up on a cross because of it. When people talk bad about you because you are living your life in a different way than the masses, than the population, than what everyone else is doing, they're not attacking you. Hear me when I say this. They're attacking Jesus. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. It shapes you, right? Your faith is found in those moments. They're attacking Jesus, not you. I know you defend Jesus. It's what you do for, for those that you love, right? I love Jesus. If you start talking bad about Jesus, you're going to see a man get mean. Reconsider this. Does the world need to see a man get mean in order to see Jesus? Isn't Jesus the one who said, hey, here's my other cheek. 
the one who said, he who has seen me has seen my father who sent me. We should reconsider this. Should I take offense? Does the world need to see a man get mean? Or do they just need to see Jesus? Because when they see Jesus, they see God. Reconsider. Don't take offense. Take it on your back. You know, Don't lash out. Don't hit back. Instead, shower them with kindness. Lavish them with love. Uh, this is the Jesus way. We see in Matthew 5.44, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Don't take offense. Take it on. Let them see Jesus who taught us, who gave us a different way. As unnatural as it may feel, take a moment to reconsider. Just because something has worked, it doesn't mean it always will. Just because something has worked, it doesn't mean it is supposed to work that way. Reconsider. New Year's resolutions. We see people all over the world that are constantly looking to start something new each year. That's what New Year's resolutions are. What if the answer isn't in finding the brand new as much as it is in reconsidering what you already do? Not the brand new, but what you already do. That's my prayer for 2017, that we reconsider what we already do and consider what Christ would have us to do are those two things in alignment with each other? If not, that's where we focus our efforts in 2017. Is what you're already doing what Christ would have you to do? Don't take offense when hardships come your way. Jesus said they would. You're not excluded from the tests or from the challenges. Jesus didn't say it would be easy. Didn't say it would be pain-free. But Jesus doesn't bury your pain. Guess what he does? If he doesn't bury your pain, perhaps he's here to help you bear it. Therefore, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we just thank you for this. We just thank you. We thank you for the way that you, you, you call us to reconsider the things that maybe we've written off in our life. To reconsider the things that we've always done in our life. Just continue to work in us, guide us, lead us, feed us your word and your will so that as we reconsider the things that we have done, that we are doing, we get a glimpse of where you would have us to be, where you would have us to go. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, this is our prayer. Amen.